0: Hi, welcome to Weekend Watchlist, a look at what screening and streaming brought to you by The Letterboxd Show. I'm Mia, he's Slim. Hello! And together we'll dig through what's dropping this weekend, last weekend, recent trends on Letterboxd, and we'll also take a peek at our own watchlists, all under 30 minutes for your money back.
1: Mia, Halloween ends this week. The trilogy is, they're never making another Halloween movie after this weekend.
0: Never again, they've promised. Yeah, this is the last one for sure. For good. The last
1: one forever. Yeah. Uh, also, this week, we're going to talk about Park Chan Wook's decision to leave the Halloween trilogy, obviously finishing forever, the last one. And the very important Till hits theaters. Then we'll look back to see what everyone thought of last week's movies, your reviews, tagged weekend watch list. And of course, talk about our own shuffled watch list later in the show.
0: I want to give a quick shout out to Mubi for the special screening of Decision to Leave at Brain Dead Studios. Uh, some local letterboxers in LA were uh, made some made some special appearances at this at this screening. Um so so cool to be in a room with a bunch of letterboxers appreciating cinema.
1: I'm so can I just say I'm so pissed that I wasn't able to be at this cool fun letterbox movie screening. Local letterboxers get an invite to see an early, advanced screening. I'm pissed that yeah. I'm on the east coast, Mia.
0: Come on out to L.A. This is this is where the letterbox community is thriving. We got New Dang. Park Chan Wook over here. We got parties. Come on over here. So <laughs> yeah, if you uh, if you live in L.A. Keep an eye on your inbox. You might get another invite to some special screenings up soon. But for now, we are talking about Decision to Leave by the Park Chan-wook, one of my favorite working filmmakers, one of my favorite filmmakers ever. Uh So let's get into it. This is on 89,000 watch lists. Woo. Wow. Pretty good number. Pretty Wake good number. Out. We can still bump it up, but awesome number. Um, it's coming out in theaters this weekend, and it follows Hai Jun, a seasoned detective, investigates the suspicious death of a man on a mountaintop. Soon, he begins to suspect Xiao Ray, the deceased's wife, while being unsettled by his attraction to her. Ooh, ooh, oh my God, ooh. I love a
1: good unsettling attraction in my movies. Yeah.
0: And Park Chan Wook is really good at unsettling attractions. Um, mm-hmm. Stoker, The Handmaiden.
1: The Handmaiden.
0: Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So
1: I was not at this screening, but I saw the trailer for this movie when I was with Gemma and Flynn in the theaters. And there was a palpable excitement once we saw that trailer. And for, I mean, m- probably most listeners have maybe seen The Handmaiden in the past, another fantastic film. So, what was this? What was your experience like? You were able, you were one of those fancy pantses getting in there, seeing it early.
0: It's true. I was. I was a fancy pants. And um, I, you know, as I as I just said, I love Park Chan-wook. I love everything he makes. Uh, this one was different from his usual films in the sense that it wasn't as hyper-violent as he usually gets. Um, this one was definitely quieter and slower than his films usually are, but that doesn't mean that his film noir era is not super exciting to watch still. Um, I'm just personally not much of a film noir girly, but I know there's... There's a lot of film noir heads out there and you oh, you yeah. will be fed. This is an mm. excellent film noir. And it looks amazing. It is some of the best cinematography I've seen all year. As they say, every frame of painting for real, though. Decision to leave. Woo-hoo.
1: <laughs> Mitchell left a review raving a Hitchcockian labyrinth. That keeps you guessing until the end with its knotty, twisty narrative, pushing and pulling characters through relationships with each other and with the audience. Constantly, Park Chan-wook warps reality, alternating between concentrated efforts to keep us at bay from the characters or bring us closer into their minds. Mitchell. Thank
0: you, Mitchell. It's very Hitchcockian. Um, the person who was announcing the film at Brain Dead also said that Park Chan-wook was heavily inspired by Vertigo. And that really shows this is very much oh. his his vertigo. So I'm into that. Yeah. Andy Stone.
1: I have to say too, um, my my other podcast, Seventy Millimeter, has a nice community on Discord and several LA letterbox users in that Discord were there. I was so even doubly annoyed that I couldn't attend this friggin' screening. But Andy Stone is one of those uh left to review. This movie had more Apple products than Ted Lasso. Can you speak at all to the Apple product placement in this movie?
0: There are a lot of Apple products in it, but and I, I won't spoil anything, of course, but he Park wook finds a new and innovative way to use the Apple, the Apple products. Oh my it's different God. than what you've seen. He's a genius. That's all I'll say. Yeah, he's subverting the apple product. <laughs> Subvert the product,
1: please. Please. Let's move on. <laughs> I just saw your note. Oh, my God. Your transition note for Halloween ends. I don't know. Decision to cleave. Oh, my God. <laughs> Unreal. A segue note yeah. for Halloween ends directed by David Gordon Green. 28,000 watch list. Peacock Army, it's time to rise up once more. You can watch this on your couch or you could go see it in theaters. This is four years after the events of Halloween in 2018. So the first two movies are like two parts. So it takes place four years after the last movie. Laurie has decided to liberate herself from fear and rage and embrace life. But when a young man is accused of killing a boy he was babysitting, it ignites a cascade of violence and terror that will force Laurie to finally confront the evil she can't control once and for all.
0: Wow. Once and for all.
1: Last They're not making another one after this. No one will make a Halloween after this.
0: No, Halloween is ending. Not just the films, but the holiday, it seems. <laughs> That's <so>. how. <laughs> this is our last one, so you better go all out. Uh, <laughs> Slim, I gotta be honest. Tell, be honest with me, please. I have to be honest with you. I have to be honest please. with you. Please. Um, I have only seen the first Halloween. Oh. Yeah. I've only that's seen fine. The first At one. least you've
1: seen that first one. And I've seen it think... a couple
0: times. I've seen the first Halloween a couple times, but that's all I know about this franchise. Um, so oh. I wonder if I'll understand.
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> the this trilogy picks up after the first movie. So, like lar- like the end of the first Halloween movie, it's like 40 years later. That's when this new trilogy starts. So you don't have to really see any other 30 halloweens in between that time they don't count
0: but what if i didn't see the last halloween
1: <laughs> i'm sure they'll do a good job of explaining <laughs> that michael tried to kill many people in the last two movies yeah. and maybe succeeded <laughs> I and like laurie's trying I, over
0: all i really need to know is that michael myers kills people
1: <laughs> yeah he's got a knife that's, he wears a mask he wears yes, a jumpsuit he's tall. it's a mess he's
0: big and tall and he was a he was a bad child, if I remember correctly.
1: My my main my, I love these Halloween movies. I enjoyed the last two. My main thing was with Michael Myers. Just run. If you run away from Mike Myers, you win. He can't run. Yeah. Just get in a bus.
0: He's big. Yeah. I'd be like a little rat skittering away. That's all you gotta do. <laughs> go rap mode.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's the key. Go rap mode to defeat Michael Myers. So as of recording, the embargo has not lifted for these reviews. So we have no people have seen it, but the reviews are not able to be posted yet. So we'll see next week what the vibe is for Halloween ends.
0: Yes, I will be seeing a special screening of Halloween tonight. So I'm I am excited for that even though even though I don't oh, cool. I'm not super familiar with the franchise. But I did get to also go to A very, very special screening of Till, directed by Chinoya Chuku. It's on 5,000 watch lists. It's coming out in limited theaters, and it's the true story of Mamie Till Mobley's relentless pursuit of justice for her 14-year-old son, Emmett Till, who in 1955 was lynched while visiting his cousins in Mississippi. Um, I was very lucky and was able to attend the LA premiere with the cast and crew in attendance. So wow. the director actually brought out the families of Emmett Till and Michael Brown and Breonna Taylor, as well as civil rights icon, Merle Evers, who was married to Medgar Evers before he was assassinated. Um, he's actually featured in the film. So I know the idea of an Emmett Till movie might have might have some people a little bit wary. It's It's a really, mm. really hard subject matter to pull off, but- I found the film to be so well-researched and told with such care and empathy. Um, Danielle Deadweiler's performance was truly on another level. Like, it just tears you apart. You can feel the pain that she's going through. It is—it's unbelievable. So she better get an Oscar nomination for this because it's an unreal performance.
1: The reviews that had been coming in, everyone is raving about her performance. And it's a very difficult, like you said, difficult role, difficult movie mm-hmm. to watch. And it's, it's a story, sadly, that's maybe often forgotten too much. Like Rosa Parks, just a few months later, had said that Emmett was on her mind in that bus. And following her life, uh, Mammy Till Mobley, you know, and becoming a mother activist. How difficult that must have been for her over the years. So if you're not able to see this movie at least go check out some documentaries and learn and educate yourself and remember that this story is real and unfortunately can still happen today. So a very important film out there. Absolutely. Robert Daniels left to reveal Spotlight Robert's review. Till succeeds with these scenes, uh, the ones where Deadweiler grants us an interiority to Mammy that the reluctant narrative all too concerned with safe characterizations of complex people cannot... This movie's a breakthrough for Deadweiler, but you're consistently left wondering in a film purported to be about Mammy Till, why she exists merely as a symbol for the grief felt by the Black Mothers stretching across the continuum of history and nothing else. It's a beautiful review, very long. That's just a snippet. So we'll have a link to Robert's review in the episode notes. Just real briefly, before we move to last week, Stars at Noon, Claire Denis, new movie out, limited theaters this weekend, 21,000 watch lists, in present-day Nicaragua, a headstrong American journalist and a mysterious English businessman strike up a romance as they become embroiled in a dangerous labyrinth of lies and conspiracies and are forced to try to escape the country. Claire Denis.
0: Another labyrinth. Not just <laughs> that,
1: labyrinth of lies.
0: Labyrinth of lies.
1: When was the last time you were in a labyrinth of lies?
0: Labyrinth of lies. Wow. <laughs> Well, I'll be in one soon. Stars at noon.
1: <laughs> All right. So let's look back at last week. You were not here last week. Oh, Mitchell tragic. was talking about Lyle <laughs> Lyle crocodile. <laughs> Do you have anything to say about this movie?
0: You know I have stuff to say about Lyle Lyle crocodile, Slim. You know I'm gonna have stuff to say. You know it. I saw it opening night. Oh my God! I, I showed up for Lyle. He's tail whipping Amsterdam. He is crushing it at the box office. He's got a better. He's got better.
1: I think more people saw Lyle Lyle uh, than Amsterdam, right? That's Isn't that saying?
0: true? It's like it, it beat <laughs> Amsterdam both critically and financially. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm I'm very happy with with Lyle's service. What what to say even about about that little guy? Uh, did you know he can only communicate through song?
1: Oh my god!
0: (laughs) Yeah, I don't even know
1: if I would be able to sit through this movie. (laughs) I know you and Mitchell are raving, but every time I hear about this movie, I start sweating slightly. It's like Patrick.
0: World tonight. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> it's like Patrick Bateman sweating when he's seeing the businessmen show him his yeah. their new white cards. That's me hearing about Lyle Lyle crocodile.
0: <laughs> it's oh my god. Yeah. I thought that I thought that Sean Mendez would be acting a little bit, but he, he can only sing because he's he's very shy. It's a it's a film about anxiety and stage fright oh at its my core. Gosh. Um, Cause Lyle's shy. <laughs> um and Javier Bardem is is having a lot of fun and he's singing and dancing in a glittery suit. So I, you know, I had fun at Lyle. That's all I can really say. I have AMC A-list, so I didn't have to pay money. And (laughs) that's why you should see Lyle.
1: AMC Uh, (laughs) A-list. I wish there was a closer AMC around me because I hear you and many of my friends have A-list. They're just rubbing my nose in it, you know, Yeah, seeing these movies.
0: I know. I want to talk more about it, but I don't want it to seem like it's an ad, but-
1: (laughs) MC, call us. Me, if you want to work something out, we, we can make that happen.
0: <laughs> put us in the Nicole Kidman PSA. I know you're making a new one. <laughs> let us in.
1: What else? What else you got?
0: What else? I, I have one more. I have one more little scoop, a little tidbit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to put women talking on everyone's radar. Uh, this is the new Sarah Pauly film starring Claire Foy, Jesse Buckley, um, Rooney Mara, Francis McDormand in a supporting role as well. Um, I caught a an early screening of it and I was enraptured by these women's every word. Mm. Um, it is an incredibly important story, which is also based on a true and horrific thing that did happen uh, pretty recently, actually. It is also adapted from an excellent book by Miriam Taves, which I just finished. And again, enraptured every word. <sighs> Please check out Women Talking whenever it comes out. I think it doesn't come out until Christmas, to Oh be my honest. God. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. I'm realizing that now. I'm like hyping it up and I'm like, well, you can't see it for a couple months. But add it to your watch you know. list. That's
1: what the watch list is for. And then for pro members, patrons, you get alerted once that movie is available for rent or streaming. So exactly. Triangle of Sadness is sitting at a 3.9 average on Letterbox after its initial release. Kyle KK slider left a review. Maybe the best use of a Dutch angle I've ever seen. I love this. <gasps> Every single second. Kyle left a
0: review. And you got to see it as you discussed
1: I did get episode. to see it I love the puking scenes you know I'm very pro puke in movies I'm also pro number two in movies and guess what you get the best of both worlds in a oh, certain scene in that movie oh
0: god that's what we need more of <laughs> <laughs> What about
1: Hellraiser? Did you did you check that new Hellraiser out The dropped oh, last man. week? Oh man,
0: I haven't gotten a chance to, but I love the Hellraiser world. I love those freaky little Cenobites. They're my friends. Mm-hmm. They're my close personal <laughs> friends. So I, I am looking forward to this one. I would like to live in the Hellraiser world.
1: It's <laughs> time to move into the Hellraiser world. So that's a 3.1 average right now on Letterboxd.
0: It is, but we do have a review from Ev. Not horny enough, not creepy enough. I agree. That makes me fearful.
1: I agree. Have you seen Have you seen the OG recently at all?
0: I I saw the OG um, like a year and a half ago, and I loved it. I mm. I am printed hard on it. I wish yeah. I had seen it earlier because I yeah, it's
1: a classic. So it's very different. I think it's I I think it's a little bit more sterilized than the original one for Boo. for better or worse. So you do with that information what you will. Tar is tar. Uh, At a 4.2 average on Letterboxd right now. She's
0: climbing.
1: It's getting higher. It's getting higher. Can we get higher together with Tar?
0: Let's hope so. I was bummed I didn't get to talk about it um, last week's episode because that's one of my favorites of the year. I loved Tar so, so much. I'm obsessed with Lydia Tar. I can't stop thinking about her. Mm. Uh,
1: (laughs) I'm oh, I guess you it. haven't
0: seen it yet. I'm sorry. No, Sam. I haven't
1: seen it. Thanks for spoiling it for me. Yeah, I appreciate that. That
0: you're going to be obsessed with Lydia Tar.
1: <laughs> yes, opinion uh, <laughs> spoilers. Kev, Kev left a five-star review. Just just two words in the review. Jesus Christ. Yes. That was it. That's Lydia all. Lydia
0: Tarr is our modern-day Jesus Christ. <laughs> Um, <laughs> oh, and we have some awesome news for the Tar fans. Can I share this? Can I Please. can I report this? Tar is up from number twenty eight to number eleven upon release in the top fifty of twenty twenty two, which is over Top Gun, Maverick, Banshees of Inisherin, and After Sun.
1: Holy cow! What? Top She's Gun a letterboxed favorite. Top Gun finally unseated.
0: Yeah, by, by Tar. Lydia Tar. Who would have first Tar seen it? Gun? <laughs> Targun Maverick.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we we'll, we'll cut that out. We'll let the lawyers uh, listen to yeah, that one and, and make it a determination. We could get sued
0: for saying Targun. Laila <laughs> <laughs>
1: Lai Lai Crocodile, unfortunately, going under the line at Aww. a 2.9 <laughs> average right now on Letterboxd. But hey, Sad. that's a sweet spot. That whole area, in my opinion, is the sweet spot for those movies. Uh, is there anything you want to spotlight from the overall Letterbox Top 50 of 2022 that Jack puts together?
0: Why, yes. Yes, I do, Slim. Thank you for asking. Uh... <laughs> Pakistan's entry for Best International Feature at the Oscars, Joyland, enters at number 31. So keep an eye out for that one. It's a trans love story, which is very subversive for Pakistan. And it won the queer palm in Uncertain Regard at Cannes. Just behind is Citizen Four director Laura Poitras' documentary, All the Beauty and the Bloodshed, at number 32. It was a rare documentary to win the Golden Lion at the Venice Film Festival and should make a good run at the Oscars. Covers similar subjects as the recent DopeSick mini series, if anybody watched that with Michael Keaton, Emmy Award wow. winner.
1: Michael Keaton? Holy cow. Michael Keaton. Have you have you seen this this also breaking news from Jack? He updated the top horror films of 2022 list for Horrorville. Oh, perfect. And Just to bumped time. it up to 50. And Pearl has taken over from <gasps> Nope at number one. Pearl is what? number one.
0: Pearl yeah. has huh? <laughs> <laughs>
1: I wasn't wow. expecting this, but I remember a couple, like within the, a few weeks of us talking about Pearl, those, those high ratings were still coming in for Pearl.
0: The they folks love her. That are going they're to see loving it Are her. loving wow. it. The people love Pearl. Last night I went to a My Chemical Romance concert. It's true. And I saw a woman dressed as Pearl. No. At the My Chem concert. Yeah.
1: <sighs> Should've gotten a photo with this gal. I
0: know. I know. I couldn't believe it. I was like, Pearl is a My Chem fan? That's so true. It's like that quote from Justin Bieber when he's like, Anne Frank would have been a believer."
1: Oh my God.
0: (laughs) Pearl would have been a MyChem stan.
1: (laughs) Uh, Also brand new and high on this list are The Menu at number four, Werewolf by Night at seven, and Terrifier 2 at number eight. I had never heard of Terrifier 2 until there was some scuttlebutt in the letterbox slack about Terrifier 2. Very frightening film. Very
0: dark. Ooh, terrifying. Oh, and Jack has also finished an annual update for the top 50 horror films by women directors. American Psycho, still the champ. Mm. But new additions. Bodies, Bodies, Bodies is at number 12. Fresh is at number 19. Deadstream, number 23. Nanny, number 31. Watcher, 35. And finally, Piggy at number 40.
1: Uh, All right. We're rapidly running out of tape for this episode the tape machine I can hear clicking in our (laughs) studio we're getting close but this is where we talk about our watch list every week we shuffle our watch list together uh, and the first one that is on the list we have to watch before we chat next so I got dangerously close from Albert Pune you might know him as the director of Jean-Claude Van Damme's Cyborg the original direct-to-video Captain America movie Kickboxer 2 Ticker with Steven Seagal I mean the list goes on and on as you might imagine those are my kind of movies. So this was about a high school with a sort of like jock group called the Sentinels that are like a security force keeping nerds in line and like nerdy wells in this high school very strange. Such a bizarre idea that like these jocks are trying to protect a high school like who cares it's a high school. Like there are worse things going on in in the school You need to get these like punk kids out of out of the town. And it's all up to this nerdy newspaper editor to save the day. It felt like one of those, I mean, this is like a positive, it felt like a movie, if you saw this on TBS or TNT one day and you had nothing going on in your in-laws, you're like, yeah, I'm going to watch this. i got nothing else to do. So it was it was junk, but I liked it. It was good junk.
0: Good junk. Good junk. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, I got a fun watch, Slim. I got <laughs> the reanimator.
1: Oh, wow, 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 wow. This is big. This is big.
0: It was a big one. Like, I could not believe I hadn't seen this movie because it, watching it, I was like, this would be perfect to have been watching like in middle school on a sleepover, staying yeah. up too late. This was like perfectly in the wheelhouse of what I was looking for at that age and at this age. Um, so Stuart Gordon, the director, and Brian Usna of Society, we love Society, um, Are they're so good at that oozy, disgusting Body horror. I, yeah. um, while I was watching this, I coined a new term, whole horror. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you hate it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> if you agree with me, use hashtag whole yeah. horror on Twitter in yeah, your letterbox <laughs> <reviews.
0: laughs> Yeah, whole horror. I mean, I, Cronenberg's really good at whole horror. It's mm-hmm. just, you know, it sounds, it, it is what it sounds like. <laughs> Gross holes in bodies, um, but yeah, I I really really loved all the oozy grossness of this movie. Except, what's up with the killing of cats and all these movies oh, I've been no. getting recently?
1: No, I'm no, so no, sick
0: no. of it. Slim,
1: did you? We didn't check the list again. Another one. We didn't check no, the I, list ahead of time. I
0: knew this was coming. I did oh, know this okay, was coming, on. and that was actually part of why I had put off this film for a while. Mm but it We looked need time very stamps fake. in these. Yeah. We
1: need time stamps in these movies. Know. You know, like when to use the bathroom at the theater. We need cat death time stamps.
0: I know we need to. St- thank you, thank you for You're saying. Welcome. so. You're welcome. You're yeah. welcome. Yeah, but um, for all you cat lovers, if you are if you are holding back watching this one, the cat does look very, very, very fake, um, okay, which good. helps. It helps a lot. But yeah, Reanimator <laughs> ruled. Four stars and a heart from me. Oh,
1: that Mm -hmm. is high praise. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let's look back at our community, tagging their reviews weekend watch list. Dear friend of the show, Jack, Jack's Facts. Guess who's back? Marcel the Shell with shoes on. Uh, Jack watched it twice. Couldn't stop myself from rewatching in my rental window. It's such a potent film about finding strength in fragility. There's certainly something in here about depression where your home is the whole world and self-sufficiency is a gargantuan effort let alone the imaginary friends. The catharsis of its ending is good, but it's that final shot about appreciating individuality that makes the whole movie. Go see it. Please, please go see it, Marcel. The show. Should we talk about Mitchell's three-star rating for Marcel? Should we, we have this now? need to talk about now? Mitchell. Yeah.
0: We need to talk about Mitchell. They have a nice review. Mm-hmm. Hi, Marcel. I've had a few raspberries in my day. The texture is a bit weird, but also kind of fun. The taste is a little tart, a little bitter, and quite delicious. I don't like to eat too many at once, but they're a sweet little treat. So that's a very sweet review, but it's buried in very the lead that Mitchell gave it three stars.
1: We have Mitchell. We're setting up a joint effort meeting to chat about this three-star rating mm-hmm. after the show is released. This is how we're informing you. Usually, companies do this over email or via phone, but we're telling you via podcast. So yes, stay tuned, Mitchell. We're yeah, coming and for I,
0: you. And I'm usually a defender of the three star. I'm usually like, that's actually not a bad rating. Like three stars uh-huh. is really not bad. And with this one, I'm like, no, no, I'm kidding. Mitchell.
1: Just messing, Mitchell. We're
0: messing.
1: Anyone that gives uh, Marcel the shell a heart is a winner in our book <laughs> and in our hearts as well. Diego Berto left a smile review. You know that episode of The Simpsons in which Marge thinks Lenny is happy because he has an enormous smile, but then he says it's the worst day of his life? Well, that summarizes this movie. Love that review from Diego. That's Love a it.
0: really good one.
1: Should, I think we might have to shuffle. We might have to shuffle our watch oh, list right Oh, right. Now. I forgot Bef- that we
0: have to shuffle. That's part of the show. Yeah. <laughs> Let me.
1: <laughs> Let's head to our watch list. I am going to filter by stream only. Only want to shuffle my movies that are available streaming. And then I'm going to go to sort by shuffle. And the first movie that I get, I have to watch before we meet next. O-M-G. My (gasps) Queen, Rebecca Hall, 2016, Christine.
0: That has been uh, on my
1: watch list for years.
0: Me too. That's been on my watch list for years. Oh my
1: God. It's on Netflix. It's on the Roku channel, Pluto, a host of other services. So the story of Christine Chubbuck, a 1970s TV reporter struggling with depression, professional frustrations as she tries to advance her career. This was probably the first thing I'd heard of for her. And I just remember there was a lot of buzz about this. So excited to watch.
0: Oh, okay. This This will be a lighter watch. Um, I got High Fidelity 2000 directed by Stephen Frears starring Joan Cusack, Joan. And well, she is in it starring John Cusack and Joan is also in the film, but it is mostly about John. Uh, (laughs) I used to work at a record store. So this has been on my watch list for a long time. I worked at Amoeba Music. That's right. Slim. Oh my goodness. Um, and when I, when I worked there, like the first thing they told me was, have you seen High Fidelity? <laughs> and I said, no. And they said, oh, well, <laughs> that movie is what not to do when working at a record store. And they yeah. like use it as what not to do. So I'm excited. I'm excited.
1: Wow. HBO Max. Yeah. I think I might have had the DVD of this movie, but I haven't seen it. In many moons. Jack Black in this.
0: Yes. Jack Black is in the backdrop on Letterboxd. He looks amazing as always. My God. He looks That's so That's our happy. Bowser. oh
1: my god yeah what do you think about that Mario trailer finally out and about how do you feel
0: oh I can't say my thoughts legally I'll get in trouble
1: (laughs) (laughs) all I'll say is I added it's my watch list that's all I'm gonna say I
0: mean I'm gonna see it what like I'm not gonna see it come on MC plus yeah exactly
1: $30 ticket to see Mario in theaters
0: exactly (laughs)
1: Thank you so much for listening to Weekend Watchlist brought to you by The Letterboxd Show. You can follow Mia, Slim, that's me, and our HQ page on Letterboxd using the links in our episode notes. And if you had the time, maybe consider dropping a rating for our podcast on Spotify or leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts as it helps spread the word about the show.
0: Thanks to our crew and thanks to Letterboxd member Trent Walton for the theme music, Eyes On. Thanks to Jack for the facts and Sophie Shin for the episode transcript and to you for listening. Weekend Watchlist is a tape deck production. This is this, this is a tape deck podcast.